All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. So today we are an expert in introvert real estate agents and helping introverts in real estate and in business succeed. So I know a lot of people out there who are a little bit more reserved, um, who also want to succeed in business. And I'm here to tell you it is completely possible and you can not just survive, but also thrive. And uh, today's guest is a shining example of that as well. She is real estate coaches uh, in the world. So that is something that, um, you know, anybody uh, who's listening here can, you know, aspire to be definitely as well. So um, without further ado, I want to bring on my guest today. She is a director of growth for Keller Williams in the greater Boston area, Ashley Harwood. Ashley, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm uh, I'm super excited to have you on and kind of share with our audience a little bit about uh, not just your experience, but some of the things that uh, you are helping your students in your programs as well, and the audience that uh, you're touching uh, as well. So, I mean, just first of all, you know, as we kind of dig into this uh, conversation here, you know, would you mind just kind of introducing yourself a little bit and telling us a little bit about uh, your story and how you kind of got into real estate and became, you know, literally one of the top coaches uh, in real estate in the world right now. So, yeah, sure. So I had always been interested in real estate, even as a child, it was fascinating to see this house sold for more than this house, but this one was bigger. And, you know, so I would just sit there and read the newspaper listings and watch the house channel. And I found it all very fascinating. And then about nine years ago, the timing was right for me to go get my license and jump in full-time. So I've always been a full-time solo agent. I was very stubborn. I didn't want to join a team. I probably should have. I would have made a lot more money um, earlier on, but uh, I always wanted to do my own thing. So I've been licensed for nine years. The first six, I was you know, selling and uh, working with buyers and sellers, about 50-50 split with that. And then about four years ago, I started the process of launching my own consulting firm and, and coaching business. And it started as just a one-hour class that I taught. It was called Introverts in Real Estate. And then that morphed into several other classes, different types of coaching, um, and all these different things. So now that's what I do Part-time, my full-time gig is as uh, someone on the leadership team for a Keller Williams, three Keller Williams offices in the Boston area. So I'm quite busy with helping agents in a lot of different capacities, um, but all coaching and training, I'm out of production at this point. So it's just, it's very, very fun and I'm always learning something new. Right. Yeah. I think that's really interesting as well. Kind of like your story of, you know, getting into real estate, always in it. And now, you know, you're actually a leader uh, and helping other people uh, get into the industry as well and succeeding in the industry. So I think one of the things that, you know, we just, I know I just have to ask, right. So starting out as just, just, just from the agent side, um, you know, was there a lot of kind of resistance or struggle because I know um, what most real estate coaches teach and what most people in the industry like teach and talk about is you know you have to go out there and talk to your sphere of influence and talk to um, certain amount of people every day and people and you know that might come natural to some people but I don't think you know as an introvert right that's something that uh, comes naturally uh, to you or to other people listening as well so 
um, just kind of in the beginning of, of your journey as an agent, you know, was there a lot of resistance there and how did you end up kind of overcoming it? So I tried to do all the things. I gave it a fair shot. I got into training right away and I did everything they told me to do. So that was, it was a lot of cold calling. It was some door knocking and I hated it, but I also did it, but then I didn't have any results from it. So it was like doing these activities that were miserable and not seeing any results. It was just like, okay, what's the point of this? But I saw them working for other people because obviously we do know that these things do work. So that was really frustrating. At the same time, so I would spend my mornings on the phone and then I would spend my afternoons and evenings going to networking events and meeting people in person. You know, everybody's different. I'm not here to say that all introverts are better in person. I'm better in person. And so I really liked meeting people face-to-face. I didn't really have much of a sphere because I didn't grow up in Massachusetts. So I had to go create that from scratch, uh, which took a long time. And that's just kind of what I found worked for me. So the most challenging part was once I realized that, probably a year, year and a half in, I finally was able to let go of the cold calling piece and not feel guilty about it. And I think that's where most people struggle once they decide, if they decide that's not for them, uh, there's this whole mindset shift that has to happen. And there's a lot of guilt that needs to be released in order to move on and go do other activities that are more productive. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that is one of the things that uh, a lot of people struggle with is when you're starting out, uh, there's certain things that people who are more successful in the industry who has come before you that tell you to do these things and uh, you're not you're not sure right if if you know you just need to kind of suck it up and do it or if there's another way so I think my question is you know if you were just talking to somebody who's kind of brand new into real estate who are very uncomfortable doing cold calling and uh, even uncomfortable talking to most of their sphere uh, kind of introducing themselves as hey I'm in real estate calling you know everybody on their phone, which however many contacts they have, um, you know, is that something that, you know, you just have to, in a way, overcome? Or is there other ways that, you know, you don't necessarily have to get into that? And there's other ways of marketing and, uh, you know, getting yourself out there uh, where, you know, it's a little bit more comfortable and, you know, more suiting to your lifestyle. Right. I would say both. So I would say for a brand new agent, give cold calling a shot, give it a try because you might end up enjoying it. If it works for you and if you're able to close business that way, then the money you make is going to make it worth feeling uncomfortable. So I will say, give it a shot knowing that if you spend, you know, a couple months doing it and you're not getting anything from it and it's just absolutely miserable, it's okay to then move on to other activities. So I would say both things. Yes, there are a lot of activities that can bring business. Um, You got to kind of try them all, but then give yourself that permission to say, okay, I'm going to try this for this amount of time. And if I don't get what I want out of it, it's okay to move on to something else. Right. Yeah. And there should also be multiple 
lead gen activities happening at the same time. It's not just one or the other. You know, you can have three or four, even five things happening at once. And some of them will be more um, like systematized and leveraged, like a monthly newsletter, email. You can like schedule those in advance so you don't have to spend time doing it every month. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's super important. <laughs> it's just, you know, setting up the right systems, right? So, you know, how hard would it be to try to get, you know, block out time every week to try to set up, you know, uh, you know, an email newsletter or something like that. So I think it, you know, having the systems in place is, you know, that's an overall thing, right? But I like what you said, because I think what most people are expecting uh, you know, you know, what you want to say or what you would say is, you know, just don't give cold calling a shot, <laughs> you know, don't even do it. And then uh, just focus on the lead generation activity where you don't have to talk to people. But, um, you know, I, I like that you, you know, you kind of bring it up as, you know, just give it, give it a try, right? You might end up overcoming it and actually enjoying it. Because if you don't actually give something a shot and see yourself, you know, trying to do it once, then you never really know you know, if, if it's something that you're good at or. Yeah, exactly. And I, I never want to be pegged as the uh, anti-cold calling coach. That's not yeah. it at all. It's just, there's multiple options. The other piece of the puzzle is what's your financial situation? How, how quickly do you need to make a certain amount of money to survive? I have agents I work with who they're, they don't have that financial pressure. Either their spouse makes a lot of money or they have a lot of money in the bank from a previous life, a previous career. And so they're like, no, I, I'm going to do business exactly how I want and stay in my comfort zone, which is totally, totally fine because they don't have to make a certain amount of money. Right. So a, a lot of what I do in my one-on-one -on -one work with agents is figuring all that out because everyone's different. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's completely true. So I think that's what, you know, most people don't, um, don't see is that everybody has a different financial uh, situation, right. And they have different goals that, uh, you know, whether or not you need to reach them as quickly as other people, uh, it, it all depends on you. So I think that is something uh, that you should keep in like people who are listening here should keep in mind as well is, you know, whether or not this is, you know, this is this real estate thing is something that you need to, you know, have major success uh, immediately, or if this is something like you said, where, you know, it's supplemental income, you have a little bit more time to build up your business, then you can spend, you know, the majority of, you know, whatever time, or even if you're working part time, uh, as an agent, the majority of your limited time uh, of hours, so you can work on real estate throughout the day, on things that you really enjoy. And on the things that, you know, you really feel comfortable with in terms of generating long-term uh, business as well. So let's kind of get back onto, you know, the topic of like cold calling, because I think it's very interesting. And it's something that a lot of people, you know, it, it's just a fear, right? In their mind, and they, and they don't feel comfortable with, because we don't like to disrupt other people's days. And that, that thing, we don't like to call somebody first. It's just, we don't like to disrupt somebody's day. So when you're kind of, you know, starting out cold calling, you've never really done something like this in the past. What do you suggest as, you know, some things that could essentially kind of prime yourself or to prepare yourself? I know there's a lot of scripts out in, you know, you know, on the internet and a lot of things that people say. So what is your suggestion to an agent uh, who is starting out uh, cold calling and how to succeed and overcome those mental barriers in the beginning? The biggest thing is that mindset shift from, I'm bothering them to I'm offering to help them. 
and they need help, whether it's a for sale by owner, they, they can't really do this on their own. I mean, they might be able to get an offer, but they don't know what to do next. They don't know all the contracts. They don't know how to keep themselves from getting, you know, in trouble or they might not even know how to fill you know, help negotiate the offer forms. Um, they don't know what to do with inspection item requests. Like they need help. Uh, same thing with expireds. The other agent didn't sell the house. They need help. So it's just, it's that mindset shift and it is scary. It's always going to be scary until you do it thousands of times. Um, so that's why it's a good thing to experiment with, but don't like be completely married to the idea that I have to do this. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing that beats just repetition and getting over, getting over your fears over and over again and uh, getting used to kind of that feeling. Right. So I think something else uh, just on that as well is uh, the follow-up. I think people don't feel comfortable following up, right? Like they might overcome the barrier of, you know, calling somebody for the first time and then helping them solve that problem. But, you know, what if somebody is, you know, you've called them and maybe you have a good conversation or a decent conversation, and then you haven't heard from them uh, in a couple of weeks or even a month. And, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of afraid to follow up. So um, from a follow-up standpoint, you know, what are, what are some things that uh, agents can yeah, do? Follow-up is, I would say follow-up is even more important than generating the lead in the first place. There are so many leads, like everyone listening, you probably have a lot of leads. You might not just think of them as hot leads. Maybe they're cold or dead, but they're not unless they hire somebody else or tell you to go away forever. So follow-up is, is really the key. Um, and, and the way to think about it is if they don't hear from you, they're going to think that either you don't care or they're going to think that you, that they are not important to you. So that's again, a mindset shift. I'm not bothering them. I'm offering to help them and keeping in touch. And if I don't keep in touch, they're going to think, well, I guess that person doesn't care enough to follow up with me. Right. And sometimes it can take a lot of follow-ups. I, one of my agents just closed on a buy-sell, two transactions, somebody she'd follow up with for two years. And they never responded to her, by the way. It was just cold following up. And then when they were ready, because remember, it's about them and their timetable. When they were ready, they got back in touch and they said, hey, you know, thanks for checking in for so long. We weren't ready. Now we are. It was almost a million dollars in business. Yeah, I mean, that just kind of goes to show, right, the the power of continuing to stay in touch. And uh, I like what you said about it being their timetable, because I think um, when it comes to follow up, a lot of it is just timing, right, because you're not going to hit them on the right time the first time. And, you know, if you spread it out consistently, and maybe you can touch on this as well, of, you know, what's the best ways and how often somebody should be following up. Um, and not, you know, and then knowing when to give up as well is, you know, what, what do you think is the most consistent way to follow up with somebody and how often should they be following up with them in order to kind of maximize the chances of hitting the right time for both you and uh, the client? So it's a lot of different aspects to this. First, I would ask, you know, is this 
a past client? Is this someone in your sphere who you're already friends with? Or is this somebody who's completely cold and has never responded to you? So each of those three buckets is gonna be treated a little bit differently. But in general, the idea is to be keep in touch with people in a variety of ways consistently. So an example could be a monthly email, a monthly um, something in the mail. It could be a quarterly call or text that's more personal. It could be an invitation to a client party, whether that's once a year, twice a year, four times a year, however often you wanna do your client appreciation events. Um, and then something, you know, for the holidays or for the new year, something in the mail that's like a little gift. That's one example of a system. And then you add in your social media touches and that's a whole other thing. Right, yeah, I think social media is more of a follow-up tool, uh, in my opinion, right? I mean, do you think that as well um, as more of a lead generation than a, than a or more of a follow-up tool than a lead generation tool? It's more of a staying top of mind, which yeah, that's part of follow-up. Because when you are the one who's actively, it's not really about what you're posting, in my opinion, and I'm not a social media expert, but it's more about how you're interacting with your people. So if you have a friend who's potentially a lead in two years from now or three years from now, if you're keeping in touch with them via social media and you're liking and commenting on their stuff, they're going to get a notification and it's going to show your name. So even if that has nothing to do with real estate, you're staying top of mind with them so that when they're ready, they didn't forget you and they didn't go work with the agent who they met a week ago at an open house. Right. Yeah, that is super important is staying top of mind. And I think this is something that not a lot of people, you know, touch on as well is the, uh, you know, engagement on social media. Um, everybody likes to think, what should they post? You know, should I use uh, static posts, right? Or, or reels, right? But the engagement part, right? Like you said, is, is even more important. Yeah, it is. And that's more time consuming because it's one-to-one, not one-to-many, but it's a lot more impactful. Right, it is. And, um, you know, when it comes to that, is there a system that, you know, you like to use or you like to teach your agents to use? Or is it just kind of time blocking throughout the day or throughout the week of just doing it yourself personally and give it more of that personal touch? Um, it can be both. There's a, a system that's pretty easy to follow. And it is personal because it's you reaching out to them. It has nothing to do with your posts, um, but it's called the 1051. So, doesn't have to be every day, but however often you want to do it throughout the week, maybe twice or three times a week, set aside time to do 10 outbound um, likes or, you know, reactions, five comments, um, and then one direct message to a person saying, hey, I saw this, you know, it's usually, it's easier to do that when there's a trigger when you see somebody had a new baby or somebody got engaged, hey, just saw this on Facebook. Congratulations. So happy for you. How's everything going? Yeah. That's that's a great tip. I, I just wrote that down, the 1051, right? Because <laughs> this yeah. is, you know, I'm I'm taking notes here. So um, <laughs> you guys are listening or watching this, you know, make sure to write that down because this is a very simple, very simple process. You know, it's not a lot, right? Just liking 10 posts right is that is then uh you know just just liking your, your your sphere of influence or your friend's posts and then you know leaving a positive comment 
And like you said, you know, if you see there's a major milestone or achievement, right, just reach out and, uh, you know, kind of offer that, offer that support, offer that, you know, knowing that you care about them. And I think at the, at the core of it, and you can, you know, expand on this as well. It's just about caring about your sphere, caring about your clients and caring about other people, uh, rather than, you know, thinking all it's all me, 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 right? A hundred percent. And a big part of following up with your past clients is making them feel like you do care about them versus they were just a paycheck and now you disappeared because you got paid. It's a right. big difference. And the key is the follow-up. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, the text or the call asking them, you know, do you want to buy a house now? Or do you want to buy a house now? <laughs> or I would do you want never to... say, I would never recommend somebody say that, by the way. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Cause it's, I mean, it's, it's so upfront and, and aggressive, right? It's not, it just kind of shows that you don't really care about them um, in that, in that sense. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's great to have, you know, a good system of follow-up and thinking of it, uh, staying in touch with somebody who you have a genuine relationship with. Uh, is that correct? Yeah, it is. And then in terms of your content, telling stories, telling stories versus, hey, who wants to move today? <laughs> right. Like, success yeah. stories of your clients, funny stories that happen, something interesting you saw at a house on a showing, like things that are real estate related, but they're interesting. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, if somebody is looking to move today, they'll probably let you know before, <laughs> before you, uh, you ask them, right? If you're keeping in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Get them to come to you. And there, I mean, there's a lot of like small things that you can do groundwork you can lay, but running around to your friends and family and every day you see them asking if they want to move, they're going to start avoiding you. Right. Yeah. That's the last thing you want is for people that you already know to start avoiding you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think these are a lot of great tips for people, you know, whether if you're an introvert or a natural salesperson, um, you know, these are all just, just great nuggets that, you know, you're dropping here for our audience. So when it comes to uh, kind of getting to the closing process, and I guess you already kind of mentioned this as well, is you know there's there's not necessarily a point in time where you you ask somebody to you know be their agent or you ask somebody to essentially close on them as as a client or uh you know you know when when are you ready to move right so it's more of just kind of leaving uh leaving the door open and i mean is there is there anything else uh to it or is it just more kind of leaving it leaving the door open and then whenever they're ready uh you just let them come to you and being open to it it's a, it's a little bit of both. I mean, there's definitely a place for, and it is actually very important to, to, to close for those certain steps. So as soon as you know that somebody's thinking about, we'll do both, we'll do buyer and seller. As soon as you know somebody's thinking about buying, even if it's a year from now or two years from now, the trigger is, okay, why don't we, why don't I put you in touch with with a lender that I know and trust. And you guys can start the pre-approval process. I know it's early, but the reason we do this early on is just in case anything funky comes up on the credit report or there's anything that's a little bit weird that needs to be worked through because that can potentially be time consuming. And that way when you are ready, you're not being held back 
from putting in an offer. And um, so that, so it's always good to like get them to the lender ASAP. And then you can, you know, work with them and, and the lender to figure out when's the appropriate time to have the buyer consult. So having those, and then in those moments and at the moment where it's time to write an offer, you do need to, you know, take a deep breath and ask the question. Do you want to write an offer on this house? Would you like me to be your agent? Like those are really key steps that you do have to take, even if it's a little uncomfortable, but you'll know when those times are. I'm talking about taking a little bit softer approach during the time period where you're just friends. You know, you don't, you haven't started talking about them doing any sort of business yet. And on the seller side, the first step, oh, I'm thinking about maybe selling my house next year. Okay, great. Why don't I come over and just give you some ideas of if you need to do any painting or small improvements you can make over the course of time. And that way, when you're ready, the property is also ready and you don't have to wait and you don't have to miss the spring market. That's what all sellers are worried about, you know. So getting your foot in the door and making progress in a subtle way is really, really important. Right. I mean, you hear the stories all the time, right? And you see, mostly you see them on Facebook groups of, of other agents where, you know, they've been helping their friend or family member uh, with their real estate questions and then they went with another agent, right? So it is important to to ask yeah. or, or you not be given, right? Or you not receive. Right. You have to have be explicit in the conversation, um, and it can be, it can feel weird and that's okay. Let it feel weird and just do it anyway, because what feels a lot worse is if they hire somebody else. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's really a, you know, like we call it like a, like a gut shot, right? If, uh, you know, they, somebody really close to you goes into their agent. Right. Yeah. And so you'll, you'll find the right kind of, um, flow of this. You'll, you'll see everyone's a little bit different and occasionally someone will go off the rails and hire somebody else anyway, but at least you know that you had the conversation, like, are you planning to hire me to sell your house? You know, if not, I'm, I'm happy to refer you to somebody else. I just want to know now. Yeah, that's actually really great. I think that was, you know, it's easy to get missed, but you just said something that was really great there. It was, you know, if not, I can refer you to somebody else, right? And in that case, you're still part of the, the transaction or that referral fee, uh, but you're not necessarily, uh, you're not necessarily their agent. So you're always keeping the door open. And I love that, uh, that you're, you're, you're sharing that with the audience as well. Cause I think people yeah. uh, think it's one or the other, but if you're able to leave that door open and be explicit and, you know, have other people understand that this is your business and not just, you know, you know, having a friendly conversation, then uh, it makes it a lot easier to, uh, to gas business, right? Whether if it's, you know, you representing them as their agent or even uh, on a referral, like you said, as well. Right. Yeah, that's a good, a good script to use with friends and family. And you can acknowledge that they might be uncomfortable working with someone they're close to and have a personal relationship with. You can say, I completely understand and I won't be offended at all, but you know, tell me what you're thinking and who you'd like to work with. And if it's not me, tell me, you know, give me some criteria of what you'd want in an agent and I'll go find that person for you. 
I'll do all the work to find that person and refer them. No hard feelings. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's awesome. That's just a, just a great script to, uh, to have in mind uh, as well uh, as an agent, because there's so many different ways that you can help somebody. And it's not necessarily just making that sales commission by representing them. So that was a, that was a great nugget. And I, I, you know, I've never really even thought about that in the past. So, you know, hopefully our our audience here who are listening or watching this are writing, writing it down, taking some notes, right. To, you know, you know, get, get more, get more business in their, in in their pipeline. So, but uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think just shifting topics a little bit here, um, you know, you're currently a director of growth for three different offices. So uh, I'm a speaker at, you know, many events and recognized as one of the top leaders and coaches in the entire industry. So I think for uh, the people listening or watching here who are, you know, stepping into more of a leadership position, who are building maybe a team or getting a couple of agents together that they want to work with or partner up with, you know, being somebody who's a little bit more uh, introverted, what is it like, you know, being a leader and helping other people and empowering them uh, in a way? I find it extremely fulfilling. This is the the role that I've enjoyed the most so far. And it is the introvert part for me is difficult in all the meetings. So how this plays out for me is by the afternoon, um, like late afternoon, if I've had a lot of meetings and done a lot of talking, I'm pretty tired. So I do see that energy drain happen in myself and I'm aware of it. And so I know that sometimes in my evenings, I'll need to to say no to an event or something and just kind of stay home and recharge for the next day. Um, so that's where I think it's really important to know yourself and know how your energy ebbs and flows, because when you're in a a leadership position, you will have more demands on your time and on your energy. And that's not at all a bad thing. It's a great thing. It's a beautiful thing. You can help other people in a very different way. And it's important to not let yourself get burned out by being pulled in a lot of directions. Right. Right. That is so important, right? As because as you more work with more people, it's a little bit different than like working with clients because as you step into like a leadership position, right? You, like if you're somebody's team leader or somebody's broker, um, this person is essentially like your partner in business, right? And you don't want to let them down necessarily, but when you get to a certain number of people, it's hard to answer every single text message, answer every single phone call at every hour of the day. So I think, you know, having that system and maybe you can talk about, you know, some of the different things that you've been able to do to be able to help people and make sure they're, um, the people you're helping and you're leading and you're coaching are getting the support and feeling loved, but also, you know, it's not just so draining on, you know, on your time and your energy as well, where it's just, you know, making it unfulfilling, uh, to a point. Yeah. I mean, I, in this role, I support about 400 agents. And, you know, obviously I don't talk to all of them every day, um, but I'm available to them. So one tool I've started using that's worked really well is um, a calendar, a scheduling thing, Calendly, that's the one I use. So I have a half hour time block that I, you know, I have this link I send out to people and they can schedule either a Zoom or an in-person meeting. And and that way they know that they'll get one-on-one time with me. And then I know what my day will look like 
for the most part. So that eliminates a lot of the things that pop up over the course of a day. Um, and I can also control, okay, I can bake in a certain amount of time in between meetings. I can say no more than six meetings in a day. You can control all that stuff. Um, and then that saves a lot of conversations too around scheduling. Um, so I would say for anyone who's in a leadership position or, or just really anyone in general, I mean, most people are tech savvy enough now to, to understand like a basic calendar link. If you're, you know, a solo agent, you can send that to your buyers and sellers too. Like, here's my availability. Let's, let's schedule your listing appointment. Like you could do that via a scheduling tool. Right. Calendly, that is, I mean, everybody should, should have Calendly. So yeah. right. it, it's, it's so convenient because I think a, a big part and it, it's a, it's a time waster too, to try to schedule, find availability in your, in your day or week, whatever, especially when you get more, you know, become more busy, uh, you know, as you get more responsibilities and then you're trying to schedule mm -hmm. meetings with somebody else. And then, you know, maybe you find this time works for you and it doesn't work for them. And then you have to move on to like the next day. And then, you know, at the point where you even have a meeting scheduled, you're already exhausted from just the amount of work and conversation that you already had. So um, having a scheduling tool, uh, and, and are you doing all of this uh, in advance? Um, like maybe you have like a day in advance or are you scheduling like your week out in advance to make it even, you know, even less stressful? Um, all of my agents have my link all the time. So they can schedule okay. it a day in advance. They can schedule further in advance. Um, so that's a good tool. Another thing to kind of keep in mind when you're working with a partner or working in a leadership team is your own boundaries. Um, so one conversation that I've had with my leadership team, there are nine of us, and we've discussed, you know, what are our working hours? And at what point do we stop looking at our email in the evening? Like, it's important if you have a business partner, somebody like you guys got to get on the same page. So they're not like, hey, I emailed you at 10 p.m. and you didn't respond. Okay, well, I was in bed, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's probably one of the, I would say it's like, it's one of the worst, I don't know, like worst feelings, but it's not a good feeling to try to get a call at like 10 p.m. at night and uh, have somebody try to kind of pull you away from your day or like from your, your own time when, you know, you've basically turned off, turned that off in your mind. And I've had this multiple times as well. And I've just, you know, I've, I've been working on this personally myself as well is um, I've gotten called at like eight or 9 PM at night. And then my brain is completely turned off from, from work. And then I need to turn it back on because like you said, you know, didn't set the right boundary. So um, you know, just starting off, right? Like when you, when you first, when you first initiate or start that relationship in business, um, that's the best time, in my opinion, to set the the expectations and the boundaries. Um, you know, and do you think that that's the case as well? Where you know you need to set these boundaries right up front in the very beginning, so there's no confusion, you know, as the relationship moves forward. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's a really important conversation to have with everyone. You know, even your buyers and sellers. Like right. Here are my working hours. If something comes up, if there's an emergency, which PS, there are very few real estate emergencies. Um, but like, it's good to set that expectation at the very first meeting when they're hiring you. 
Otherwise, they're just going to be, if they're a texter at 10 p.m. and you're not, then they're going to be upset. Right. Because if you say, you know, okay, at six o'clock, seven o'clock, whatever time it is for you, let them know these are my these are my office hours, these are my working hours. Anything that happens after that, I will respond to first thing in the morning. Right. Yeah, that's so important to set that expectation up front because it, you know, it's not only just kind of protecting your own boundaries, but also for you know your client or as well, you know, they will offended if you don't uh, respond to them uh, immediately, right? For, you know, whatever, uh, you know, em emergency they might have, uh, which, you know, it turns out might not be such an emergency after all. So um, I think that's very, very important uh, to have that, uh, have that boundary set. People think about the real estate industry, they think it's a, you know, very fast moving industry. And I think what you've shared with us today is that it doesn't have to be, and uh, it can be something where you are in complete control of. And I think that's so important for people to just live an overall better lifestyle than to be, you know, dragged along by their job uh, all the time. Right. Yeah. If you're not controlling your calendar, the client is, right. and that's not sustainable. No, not at all. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, well, Ashley, I mean, this was a really awesome conversation that we had today. I thought, you know, you shared a a lot of value. You know, I even took some notes here as well. So hopefully uh, you know, our listeners here got, uh, got a lot of value out of it. Um, so for people who are interested in learning more about what you do and maybe, you know, being interested in some of the coaching that you do as well, uh, you know, what are some of the good ways or, or some of the best ways that people can, you know, find you either on social media, stay in touch with you and, uh, you know, keep that relationship open as well and uh, see some of your content as well. Awesome. Yeah, I have um, really three ways to keep in touch with me. I have my website, moveoverextroverts.com. Um, I run a Facebook group called Introverts in Real Estate, and then I have a little baby YouTube channel that I am <laughs> going to be growing more in 2023, um, and there's a link to that on the website as well. Right. Yeah, and we're going to be linking all of that in the description down below, so if you are listening to this or watching this uh, anywhere, uh, just make sure you're checking the description down below. And uh, so I want to thank you again for being on the show and uh, sharing so much value with us today. And uh, if there's anything uh, that you want to leave with the audience, uh, you know, any, any, any last thoughts that you want to leave here? Or uh, Yeah, take time off and take a lot of naps. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's, that's awesome. You know, take time off and take a lot of naps. I think uh, it's something that we can all, uh, we can all be, uh, be a part of and, and be excited about here in, uh, in 2023 as well. So uh, Ashley, thank you again for, uh, for being on the show and agreeing to do this interview. Uh, thanks so much for doing it. And uh, for our listeners tuning in, thanks, uh, thanks again for tuning in to our show. And uh, if you need anything at all, just make sure to uh, reach out to me, make sure to give this uh, show a like or a uh, subscribe or a good review. And uh, other than that, thank you guys for tuning in. Now, see you guys on the next show. Take care.